All right, guys, welcome to the Property Profits Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in Dave Dubow. And if you're thinking that land development and land severances are just something that, you know, is just out of reach, um, my guest today is going to kind of break it down a little bit for us to show it's really not that far. And anyone, if they so desire, can uh, can get a piece of the action. Spencer Brown, how are you today? Awesome, Bryce. Uh, nice to be with you today. Yes. Yeah. Land severances. It's so easy. Anyone can do it. <laughs> well, I think people underestimate people underestimate like they think, oh, you can throw something up in, uh, you know, in six months. And maybe that's true that you could possibly build the bricks and sticks of the thing. But the prep and the paperwork and the permits, the three P's, the prep paperwork and the permits, is really the game uh, that that people um, underestimate and maybe are unsure how to navigate. But when we, when we look at getting there, a lot of times people, people are thinking that people jump right into there, but that's not where you started. So tell me where, where did you get your, you know, cut your teeth in this business? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, I've been in the real estate industry, if you will, for about 10 years now. And um, so I started out as a civil engineer and I was working on land development projects uh, as a civil engineer. And uh, at that time, like 2015 and, and on, um, you know, the price, and I'm based in Ontario, the, the price, and I know the rest of Canada uh, prices were increasing a lot as well. But in Ontario, the, the prices of real estate and the prices of the developments that I was working on, the prices were just going crazy. And, uh, and I mean, that happened, it slowed down a little bit. Uh, it will definitely slow down in the last year or two, but you know, I was making the same wage as an engineer and I see the developers, they're paying the same costs and the prices kept going up. So, you know, it got my, my mind thinking that I wanted to become a developer. Mm -hmm. And so I, I kind of had that thought. Yeah. You know, maybe like nine years ago and, and, you know, over the last nine years I've, I've made strides and I would, I would say I am a developer now. So um, how, how I got really started, uh, you know, being an engineer helped me in the development game, uh, understanding, you know, municipal codes and bylaws. And, and I knew a little bit about planning and reading zoning bylaws and stuff. So all, all that kind of helped, but uh, um, I bought my first property in 2016 and uh you know, it was a corner lot. Um, I knew about development and I knew about severances, but I had never done it before. And uh, right across the road from this property um, was two houses, right? So two lots on the same size as my my lot. So I figured that it could be severed, not not really knowing how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I learned a lot. The, the the town planner at the town that I was I was doing this in was very helpful to me. Um, I did it myself without a planner, which I wouldn't I wouldn't really recommend now. I just didn't know what I didn't know and I I fumbled my way through it, but I was able to sever that lot. I sold it to a builder. I still own that house. I I uh, uh, converted into a legal duplex and then I'm still renting it out. And then I, I proceeded to do that. Um, I got about seven of those, you know, smaller lot projects uh, under my belt or, or, or underway. Um, and so I've, you know, I've been doing that kind of on the side for, for the past few years. 
And uh, I still was working as, as an engineer. And then, you know, I, I started networking. I, I became a realtor as well. So that's that's assisted me. And I, you know, I've joined some real estate networks, met a, met a lot of people. One of the guys I met uh, is Drew Toth. He's a developer out here in Niagara. I've now partnered, partnered with him and I'm working on, uh, on some larger developments now. So, you know, we've got one site that's approved for over a uh, thousand units that, that I'm working on. We've got another one that's, that's 92 units. Um, you know, so I'm, 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 and it's interesting, like, you know, the smaller severances that I did, a lot of the same skills translate to the larger ones. There's just more consultants, more zeros, um, but it's the, it's a very similar, similar kind of idea. So, um, anyways, that's how I got started from, from one property. And, and, you know, over the past few years, I, I built my network. I, I, uh, learned more, got some new skills, like being a realtor and, and this kind of, and this and that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, I think that the interesting thing there, and, and if you're listening at home, if you want to step up, it seems that partnering with someone a little ahead of you in the development game is key because this isn't like there are, you know, mentorships and courses out there on getting into it, but the real nuts and bolts and like how things really work, especially in the area you're working in, you can really benefit from a lot from the right partner. So what, how did you meet your, the, the partner and you know, like what, what, how did you end up partnering ultimately? Cause some of these people are like, Nope, I'm uh, good. I don't need any more partners. Uh, what are you going to bring to the table? So how did that, uh, you know, how did that transpire? Yeah, good question. So yeah, so Drew, Drew, my partner, I, I mean, I joined, uh, so yeah, Rockstar Real Estate is, is well, I'm a realtor there, but it's also sort of a, a networking community here, here in Ontario. Um, some Ontario investors may, may be familiar with that, but I joined that. And, and through that, I met a couple of guys that, that um, were selling a development and I was like, they were doing the development. Right. And I um, was like, Hey, how, like, is, I think it was 30 townhouses or something. And I'm like, Hey, I want to do that. Like, how did you guys do that? And I'm like, well, we're, we partnered with this guy, Drew. He's like, do you want to meet Drew? So I got in touch with, with Drew and I, and I, same thing. I was like, Hey, I want to do this. Like, how did you get started? You know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, and you can get a lot with, with asking people for coffee and, and asking for advice of, of how they got started. And um, I would say, you know, I've, I've had a lot of, you know, mentor conversations. Some have been one conversation, some have been a few and uh, for whatever reason, like, like Drew was very generous with his time. And so, you know, we built a relationship over, you know, I think I met him in like 2017 and uh you know, I, I ended up, um, we still have it. I should, we should do something with it, but I, I worked with him and we made like this, it's probably like 50 pages, like a development manual where, where he was like, I want to, I want to kind of create a manual of how to do development. And I was like, well, I want to learn and I want to create a manual. So we have this manual that's been developed over years about how the best way to develop. And, um, Anyways, I, I could tell you a lot about, about that relationship uh, or our relationship, but um, basically he was generous with his time. 
we kept meeting and it, it kind of turned into a partnership where, you know, he's like, I've got these projects and, and I've got certain skill set and, and, you know, we, we made a deal work and, and now we've gone on to do um, other things in, including the REIT, which, which, um, you know, we can, we can talk about as well, but um, yeah, just let's reaching out. Uh, let's talk about the skill set that he found valuable so that people can, maybe cultivate that skill set so that they can become valuable to a guy like Drew. So what is it that he saw or what is it that you bring to the partnership that he that he ultimately found value in um to 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 take that to the next level? Yeah, good good question. I mean, I would say that um at the time I met Drew and and in the years years later, like I would say that, you know, I am a good developer. Um, I have the engineering skill set, which you, you need planning and engineering. There's a lot of other skills um, to be a successful developer. A lot of other consultants you have to work with, um, but planning and engineering are, are the two main ones. So, I mean, I, I kind of already had one of them and, and through my, um, you know, what we'll call them smaller projects, I developed uh, some planning skills. Right. And I have, um, you know, and doing my own projects, uh, you know, I worked with towns, I built relationships with municipalities. I, I learned how to push politely and proposition, you know, I learned how to yeah. negotiate my, my will into the reality. Well, one of the things that I always say and give advice to, to, to developers is you have to be politely annoying. Um, because, and consultants as well, and, and working with other people, everyone's busy, right? If you need something from mm -hmm. somebody, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? But you don't want to piss people off. So they don't want to pick up your call. So you got to keep being, you know, try your best to be politely annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, so I would say that, um, I don't know, over years, uh, of, of, of meeting with Drew and, and networking, um, you know, he knew that I had the skill set to 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 get approvals and and to help him, right? Yeah, yeah. the planning plans a, a a thing. You know, you get a relationship with uh, maybe the area that you've been doing a lot of business in, and it kind of collapses a little bit of the time frames when they, you know, look at what you've done in the past and what you plan to do now, and they're like, "Yeah, this guy's actually going to do what he says." and you know that relationship building with the with the city or the municipality is is really important. You know, if you, especially if you're not actually the developer, that's one question I always ask to um, my contractors and stuff like that that are going to go to the city and deal with them. You say, well, what's your relationship like with the city? Are you the guy that's ducking permits and they they have it out for you? And now me yeah. working with you is going to be a problem, or is it the other way? Like, do you know them? Do they, you know, chat with you for more than, a, you know, the the purpose? So definitely understanding that where that person's relationship at is is really important. So you you and Drew have been together now in, um, in doing these developments and it's led you to creating a REIT, I understand. Yeah, yeah. And I would say one more thing um, that, you know, maybe people could use, I'm assuming people that are listening here want to, you know, raise capital and and present to more, you know, financial partners. And 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 one of the things that I think helps set me apart as well is I I have the financial and investment knowledge 
from doing my own investment projects, right? So, you know, for example, Drew could hire a planner from a planning consultant that knows planning, or he could hire an engineer that knows engineering, or he could hire a financial person or an accounting person. But, you know, I would say that I, I'm not, a, well, I'm an expert in a couple of those areas, but let, let's say I'm not an expert in all those areas, but I have a pretty decent grasp of all the areas that you need to make a successful development. And I would say, you know, potential um, people looking for investors, like that's part of the pitch, right? Is that like, I mean, I'm being an expert in every one area, but I know how to bring, bring a project together, right? I know how those three things are interplaying so that, you know, it's, it's different. It's difficult with consultants too, because they're in a bubble. Like this guy's not talking to this guy, 100%. To this guy, but if you've got the financing planning and the engineering kind of all in, in one mind's eye, then you're definitely going to be able to collapse timeframes and stay on top of what is usually part of the project that is, um, the most tricky, you know, you go back to the city, they want a thing. They go back to the city, they want a thing. The price is changing, they want a thing. Um, the planning committee is changing their rules since last time. And now you're adjusting the the engineering and you're going, maybe you're not doing it, but you understand the result. You know, I always say to people that are looking to do it, it's like, you, you should probably understand something before you hire it out, because how will you know that they're doing a good job if you don't at least understand it yourself? So after you, you know, you guys have been looking like a, a thousand units, that's huge. You're probably going to need to raise some capital. And, I, and I'm assuming that's where the REIT comes in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we've we've been doing um, uh, GPLP structures uh, mm -hmm. for the past few years. And we have a, actually a couple of apartment buildings uh, that we're building through those structures. And um, some of our existing investors have expressed that they want to invest their RSPs and TFSAs. And until we opened this REIT, we didn't have that option. So that, that was one of the main drivers. Um, it is a lot of cost and time and effort to set it up. And uh, we've, we've and talked to- too, right? Now you're part there of- is, like yes. You're probably dealing with securities, um, you know, here and yes. there. But for the people yeah. listening at home, GP and LP, break it down for them. Yeah. Well, GP is general partner and LP is limited partner. So the general partner is the person that is running the project, the project manager. Um, and they're actually, they're taking the most risk as well. So the, the attractive thing um, for limited partners, LPs, okay, there's risk in real estate, right? When you invest yeah. in something, you have to look at the risk, you have to understand it, right? And so limited partners, um, you can only lose the money that you've invested. Okay. So you have limited liability. Yeah. There's no downside beyond that. Right. Like, and you know, it's, it's rare, but things can happen, right. If someone slips and falls and, you know, has a catastrophic injury or something on your property, you know, and the property's not worth that much, for example, like you could be underwater on that property, for example, right now you have insurance and risk mitigations, et cetera. But the point is, the general partner takes on that liability for the project and the limited partners do not. Every GPLP agreement is different. There, there's different structures. There's different ways to do it. But that's the general breakdown is, is the general partner is taking on the liability and, and doing the project and, you know, usually getting paid a percentage or a, or a fee for it. And then the limited partners are usually passive investors 
um, just investing capital, right? So why why are REIT and not something like, uh, you know, is it the amount of money? Because there are ways to 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 fund projects with RSPs and stuff like that without going to a REIT. So what made you decide to go down that uh, particular avenue? Is it because of the type of project or the amount of money? Like why a REIT? Yeah, good question. Um, there are ways like there, there's RSP mortgages. Um, th there are different ways to to access RSPs. Um, but I mean, we we wanted to create a product, um, so it is a pooled investment REIT. So we're we're investing in in multiple different development projects um, focused here in, in the Niagara region. That's where we're from. That's where we have the boat. The you know political connections, uh, mm -hmm. you know, consultants, contractors, et cetera. Um, and, um, you know, this was the the best vehicle where we could do what we're already doing, which is doing developments in the Niagara region. And now we're creating, you know, a financial product that is also accessible to RSPs and, and TFSAs. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we experienced uh, you know, raising money through GPLPs and, and I'll say cash investments is investors want their money back, right? They want to see the project turn and they want their money back. They may invest again. Um, you know, often they do. Um, but the the RSP and TFSA and REIT, you know, we, we view it as kind of a, a longer term investment. You know, often the, you know, people don't need their RSPs back. Yeah, right? they haven't so, really touched it in the first place. So they just want a better return than where maybe it's parked today. That's right. So it, it's a lot of time and effort to, to start it up, but but hopefully this will grow and and you know, ten years, twenty years, who knows that that it will grow into something and and people will have sort of a longer term uh, time horizon and and we'll keep you know recycling and uh, investors' money and, and keep it growing, right? So um, yeah, th those are kind of kind of some of the thoughts, um, you know, and. Uh, you know, for the REIT, we do have, uh, it's a forecast of 15% return. It's a investor priority payout of 10%. So, you know, we don't take our fee until investors get get 10%, uh, which is sort of, um, you know, there's no guarantees in real estate, but that's how we're we're making sure that, uh, you know, we don't get paid until we deliver a, a good return to investors. Uh, and, you know, there's a bunch of other things I could, I could tell you about the REIT, but um, yeah, we're, we're kind of excited about it. Yeah, I guess the easiest thing here is as as we uh, turn towards the the end of the interview here is like just plug plug how they can find the REIT here and then I will uh, I got a couple more questions for you. So how can they if they're interested in in the REIT? Where do they go? How do they find it? I can get you the right uh, the right URL, but it's it's elevatelivingreit.ca and. Uh, I, I can give you my email as well, spencer at elevateliving.ca. Um, that's, people can email me. Um, that's fine as well. But yeah, elevateliving.reit.ca. Perfect. And so, you know, when when people get to that, to the position you're in, there's there's people that are further behind um, where you're at today. And the, the real question I, I have for someone like yourself is, if you could start all over again, would you do it differently? What would you do differently? Interesting. Um, if I could start all over again, 
um, what would I do? I mean, I've enjoyed the ride. Um, honestly, um, no regrets. I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy where I am now. Um, I think, you know, maybe, maybe quitting engineering and becoming a full-time developer sooner, um, would have been better. I wasn't that happy, um, in my, in my, in my job before I left it. Um, but, um, yeah, what can I say? I guess I could, um, one of the things that I, I struggle with um, in some of my projects, uh, so I'll go, I'll go more project related. One of the things that I've got caught up in doing, which has cost me time and effort is, is pushing for more density. So when you're doing developments, yeah. um, you can be persuaded, you can persuade yourself into well, trying to push max density right and yes you know we, we were doing a development uh on a corner lot that was big enough and everyone's always asking what's the max unit and then yes and they're striving for it. but what what they fail to understand is like the amount of time and holding that it takes to get max unit variances and then the changes to your plans and you know you end up with these kind of like crappier units almost and you could, have been, you could have been done and on to the next thing, capital out. If you, instead of you went for six, you just went for four, like the planner told you to do when you went to his office the first time. He's like, exactly. you could do six. <laughs> it's going to take some work. And you're like, I'm okay with work, but I suggest you do four. And you're like, yeah, whatever, man. And you leave the office and you're like, I'm going to go do six. Cause he said I could maybe. <laughs> But yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've experienced that with a couple of developments that I've been part of. It's just like, just run the plan, get your money in. It's not six, it's four. Yeah. Just finish the, finish the damn thing and get on with <laughs> the next project. Cause it definitely is alluring to try to do maximum density. It, it is alluring. And, you know, we do push for density. I do. And I think we do cool developments. Um, but it's something that I constantly struggle with um, and have to think about, right, is we could, it's exactly how you said it. We could do this and maybe it'll be smooth and easy, but I've experienced some setbacks in the past. And so now I'm like, well, maybe we should just go with the easier option, just get it done. And like you said, move on to the next project. So that would be, you know, I don't know if I'd change my journey here, but I would give my younger self that piece of advice. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the pro tip here is that that development I'm referring to is still not started. So uh, if you're trying to do development, development isn't um, holding land, it's developing something. So just do it, you know, like sometimes you got to bend to the city and they yeah. hear a lot of great plans about density and they <laughs> give you, they give you subtle advice. It's just that we don't, you know, we, we think we know better than the guy who's actually approving like 10 of these today. And you're like, my one project is going to be the difference maker. It's like, just build the four, <laughs> be happy, move on, refi, do it again. Find that if you really want six, find something that the planner says, yeah, six is a good idea. But he's also going to say, yeah, you could bid 12. And then you're like, hmm, 12 <laughs> would be better than six. It's, yeah. it's a dangerous stuff. game every time you get into it. <laughs> well, Spencer, I, I really enjoyed our conversation and um, I hope people check out the REIT because it's a great way to invest. And uh, yeah, um, 
Until next time, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Bryce.